there's a lot of prevailing thoughts going on within society and the human genome. And, and you know, animals don't often question their roles in the animal kingdom or their the roles genetically or from a gender perspective or what role they have in nature. Um, and their nature is pretty hard-coded and hardwired. They follow it literally to a T and they have to because it's for survival. But human beings, we've long, long surpassed any like such need for the constructs of nature and subconscious instincts and whatnot. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that are still there. You still need to eat, you still need to sleep, you still need to shit and piss. Um, human beings are social animals, so I know one of the more pivotal, excuse me, pivotal, pivotal things human beings need is the social uh, interactions, if not just belonging to a quote-unquote village or clan. I get all that. I get all that in its entirety. But where did we get to the point to where only a certain sect of our species is allowed to be absolved? of what is expected meaning in the west we've we've long taken away the requirement for women to kind of be under a man in a patriarchal household they no longer have to remain faithful to a man under the threat of uh, abandonment and isolation and financial you know financial uh, I guess you would say penalty I just have to ask because it's the traditionalists it's a lot of women uh, they all want to kind of exist in a world where they can have both, especially conservative women, the, the Tommy Larens and all of them, for example. They want a monkey branch from feminism to traditionalism. And I have to ask, you know, if you don't want to fulfill any of the female obligations within nature or any of the other constructs, not a big deal. I mean, really, I don't care. That's not the problem. That's not would be. That's not. I guess if you were to get to get down and dirty with the logical minds in the MGTOW community and the incel community, whatever little male community that is targeted for uh, banning and hate speech and all this other shit that they think they're doing, my argument would be this. If male, if being male is to sacrifice, if being male is to provide, if being male is to take a bullet, what do men get in return? Now, I know traditionalists often rebut this with the old, men need to stop being selfish, stop asking for a return on their time, money, life, and just do it. Because nature demands so. Because traditionalism demands so. Because society demands so. Now, this one isn't going to be a very long episode. I just have a couple of minute rant, but I get all those costs. I understand the concept and construct of it. But what is a man getting in exchange for that? And that's not selfish, boyish, or any of that other ad hominem bullshit that's thrown at men. If I want to play video games, watch whatever shows I may like, anime, read manga, whatever... That is not for a woman to tell me it's immature, I don't like it, blah, say, blah. Because drinks with the girls, having the girls around, 
partying, going to Miami with the girls, going on whole trips. That's a piece of your adolescence women need to leave behind too. And if you're not willing to put on the apron and get in the fucking kitchen and start cleaning the house and being an actual trad wife, then why the fuck do I need to adjust to whatever your definition of adulthood is? And this is to Tommy Laren and the traditionalists and Prager you and everybody else that has got this long list of demands that men need to hold up to or they're, they're, they're not considered men. Now, I know a lot of this comes from this. I've had this conversation and I, 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 I can't help but rationalize. This is where this comes from. Males, the male side of the every species kind of has a rite of passage. For male lions, it's simply just to be strong enough to fight and survive. If you're a male lion that cannot fight and survive, another male lion either is going to rip your throat out or a bunch of hyenas are going to fucking eat you. So therefore, that's like that rite of passage. When you see a male lion walking around and he's got scars and all that, he's been through it. And he's going to be more than likely a tough motherfucker. Darwinian, Darwinian law is absolute in the animal kingdom. But now that that's gone, now that we don't have, for example, little boys in Sparta being sent out into the woods to fight the the metaphorical giant black wolf that they have to slay, the rite of passage for men has become, in this social post-scarcity, I don't want to say post-scarcity, but I'll say like post-industrial gluttonous society, the rite of passage goes through women and and their private parts just to keep it a little PG. The rite of passage goes to the society's prescription of what that male needs to do. And my rebuttal is still the same. At what benefit to that male, to these men, to us as men? Men are men the minute and the day they turn 18, they move out of their mind. I would say, personally, the only rite of passage to be a man is to turn 18, to grow grow into your full maturity to hit your peak maturity as far as genetically and biologically. That's it. I would only add the caveat that you get the hell out of your parents' house. That's about it. No vagina is the definition of a man or not. I mean, Nikola Tesla died a virgin and they'll be talking about him way after we're dead. He has made an impact on society that no dude who's slept with 3,000 three trillion women, nobody slept with three trillion women because that many doesn't exist, but you know what I'm saying? There's no PUA that they're going to be talking about in a hundred years. There's not a single one. And there's still going to be talking about Nicole's test a hundred years from now. So this idea that women are the rite of passage for men. And I'm not saying it's okay to die a virgin or be a virgin or anything like that. Well, it's okay. But I'm not recommending it. I mean, get it in. We're living in a debaucherous, gluttonous, slut culture. You might as well enjoy the decline. And I always advocate enjoying the decline with the caveat of temperance. You get in there, you indulge, you get out. It's like people who use drugs but are functional. I know an engineer who smokes pot. I know a cokehead architect. I legitimately know these two guys. They're buddies of mine. One's a cokehead. He's not like... uh, you know, Tyrone Biggums, you know what I'm saying? But he does blow while doing his architecture thing. He's really good at this. Uh, He's legit at this shit, man. He's done some buildings. He's making, you know, he's one of those chads, if you will. He's a two, 300K a year guy. He's living in New York. 
he's got a fucking apartment in like the fucking in Manhattan or some shit. Uh, I haven't even been to his place. I just we talk, and he's been when he comes home to, or you know, we're our hometown and whatnot. And I'm in my, and we're in the same area, or I'm home when he's home. You know, we kick it. And that's about it. I haven't like, you know, I'm not blowing this dude's phone up. I just know him in passing. He's cut a lot of people off, like most of his family, most people from school, because he's making that bread. And you know how motherfuckers are when motherfuckers make bread. We have this underbelly, like socialism and communism is ultimately a byproduct of humanity's like greed and insatiable appetite to consume and the path of least resistance to consume other shit. It's like, I immediately abandon, I'm black, so I'm supposed to be a Democrat on, on, on record, right? And most people, you know, they'll say, you lived in South Florida, or I'm sorry, I lived in Central to South Florida, I lived in both, and I, my conservatism, or sort of, I switched when living in Central Florida. And I was around a lot of rednecks and stuff. So naturally, everybody in my family and people who knew me were like, you made the switch because you started living with rednecks and they brainwashed you. Contrary to that, no. I started listening. Now, granted, I was like y'all, or most black people. I was triggered by everything. I was talking about Black Lives Matter. I spelled America with three Ks. I was throwing up the fist. I was doing all that shit. And then I remember being there in like that part of Florida. I would hear, you know, Herman Cain and Rush Limbaugh would come on the radio. And I'd be like, oh my God, these dudes are so bad. And motherfuckers, like I remember being in my early 20s and people who were conservative would be like, just give them a listen. They never approached me with any type of hostility. And actually as a liberal back then, 10 years ago, 10 to 14 years ago, I was still like, it wasn't hostile. Like these motherfuckers now are hostile as fuck. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, all these motherfuckers are hostile and a danger to everybody around them. Be it liberal, black, white, Democrat, conservative, Muslim, Christian, straight, gay. These people are dangerous because they are willing to inflict violence for whatever the fuck bullshit that they may have be going on in between their fucking ears, which is irrelevant to me because I may have one or two things we may agree on, a couple of things we don't, but ultimately we're supposed to exist in this world simultaneously. I have my space, I occupy, I do my thing, I live my life, you do the same. Don't fucking entrench on my fucking life or property or liberty. That's why I hate the fucking left. But me living amongst the conservatives were not where I I made that switch because I got brainwashed by listening to Larry Elder and fucking... Now, granted, I started listening to those people. Herman Cain, Larry Elder, Rush Limbaugh. Those were my first, like, when I first, like, heard their thoughts. And this was while Obama was president back in the day. This is when I made the switch, probably, like, 2010, 2012 something around there, I started to slowly get red-pilled, but the red-pilling for me came from watching a TV show called Naked and Afraid, and I know I'm way off topic of the what, I, what the title is, but I watched this show called Naked and Afraid, right, and it was a big group, I think it was Naked and Afraid XL, it was one of those episodes where they have like 20 contestants and shit like that, it was a lot of contestants, right, and I remember they split everybody up, they were in like Columbia in the woods, naked and all that other shit, right, they were survivalists, and I remember once that consort of people, the, the group, which were split off into twos, I think, all the groups kind of came together, I mean, obviously, a lot of people didn't make it through, but let's say there was, you know, 12, 13 people remaining at the end of the, at the, at the last two, three episodes, when they were about to finish off the, the quote-unquote journey of the show, and, and this, this is where I, I know why I was like, I'm not liberal anymore, that is bullshit, okay, there was a group of guys, these 
go-getter motherfuckers. These dudes, these two guys, not group, I'm sorry, there were these two guys out of that group of 13 or 14. And these motherfuckers were go-getters. Other people would sleep. These dudes would work. They were building. They were making shelter for themselves. They, they, and then they had conflict with the group. Their, their go-getter attitudes, their work ethic, it interfered with the laziness and the unwillingness from that massive group that want, you know, that didn't want to work. Ultimately, communism and socialism are like a natural byproduct of those who should die. And I'm not saying kill people who are incapable of taking care of themselves. I'm saying you should be, if you are going to starve without me essentially dragging you along in life, then you should be left to starve or get off of your fucking ass. Excuse the anger, but let me make this quick. Anyway, in this show, these two guys were, like I said, hitting it and getting it, building, working, hunting, because they were, I like the show's title, naked and afraid. These people were giving nothing but a knife. They go out there, they make their own way of making shelter and basically building some amenities from the ground up. And so the two guys who were shunned from the group for working so goddamn hard and criticizing the others for working, I get it. I think that's where the work, quote unquote, worker bees of society could do a little better. If you want to be lazy and lay there all day, by all means, you do that. Don't ask me for shit. I don't have to help you. I'm not going to comment on your lifetime style. That's why I'm like, fat acceptance has a point when they're like, leave us alone. We want to be fat. All right, Tess Holiday, you want to eat 19,000 calories a day? Please do it. And while I may not want to look at your body, plaster it all over the place. I don't give a fuck. You do you. You live your life. I'll live mine. Libertarian thing, right? But I wasn't, this is, again, I'm a liberal watching this show, right? So let me get to the point. So the show, at the end of the com- at the end of like when it's like at the final grueling end of like the their journey, they were I don't know ninety days or sixty days out in the woods. Typically on this show, people lose like seventy pounds, fifty pounds being out there because you're you're living off the bare minimum. Anyway, these two guys who everybody hated over I, I believe celebrated too loudly. So he this, the, one of the guys caught a very large fish. I didn't realize eel in South America were like fucking 30, or no, I'm sorry, not 30 feet. But this eel was like six or seven feet long. It was massive. And the other group was hungry, cold. They didn't want to do get up and make shelter for themselves. They just wanted to make a small fire and lay by it. And they laid there. And they would lay there all day. And these are all quote-unquote survival experts. Well, anyway... The guy who caught that big fish had the other people run up to him and celebrate his catch. And then they all stared at him, hungry. Now I get it. Y'all are hungry. We're living in a small society of 13, 14 people. But his, this man was literally shamed into giving up the majority of his fish for the group. Now granted, thinking about it, you don't have a fridge. You don't have a way to preserve any of that. You know, saying preserving any of that meat, and he had—I want to say—the fucker was huge. He, he he put it over his head. It was like y'all have probably seen it if you've watched this show. So the fucker was like fifty pounds of fish, and they were leaving within another day or two. So granted, I personally would have shared, but I've been—I would have been very selective. I would have only shared with somebody from my circle. I would have shared. My buddy would have eaten first. I would have eaten second. You know what I'm saying? My bro, your your your, your bottom dude—that's with you, or anybody else. You, you, your inner circle eats first. I would have ate after that. And then they would have gotten the scraps. And not, and most of the fish would have been scraps anyway. There was plenty to go around. But the fact that, that this group 
went from shitting on these people to begging them for food. It shows me the fatal flaw in humanity and this leftism, all of it, all of it. And I'm not saying there's not, you shouldn't be kind or charitable or anything like that, but charity is going to be there without a massive welfare state. There was always a, there was always help for quote unquote single mothers and all this other shit. But we didn't anchor our entire society to making sure single mothers are taken care of. Because all you did by, do, by doing so is creating a fucking monster. You went from 20% single mothers in black America alone to like 80%. You times it by four. You didn't do anything but cause a much bigger problem. And that's why you have to let people die. And when you say that, you're not letting them die. When people have no choice but to get off their asses and put in the work, they will. Black America built Black Wall Street now. A lot of you woke hotepers will be, well, white people, yeah, okay. It got torn down. They were, I don't want to say oppressed. I don't like that word oppressed. You were defeated. If you have the means to fight back and the will to fight back, you should have fought back. Now, granted, you were fighting a much bigger enemy, but you, as those who will lose, like the guerrilla warfare being fought by the Taliban against the Americans, they were fighting, and I went there, up against them dudes. They weren't out to defeat us. They were out to make our losses so great that we never bother them again. Basically, they want to make losses. When you are going down against a superior, superior enemy, go down with pride go down by making their losses so great that after they've defeated you, they they will not have the means to go defeat anybody else. Basically, what I'm trying to get at is this. What are you going to get? What did that man get out of helping everybody else but giving his fish out? And this ties back into the main thing of the episode. What do men get for their sacrifice? Yo, reluctant sex, barely cooking, barely cleaning, you getting fat. Most of them are fat in America. That ain't good enough. When men go to work, good men, hardworking men, when I mean, I'll use myself as an example. When I go to work, I give it my all. I don't do shit halfway. I don't lollygag. I'm not like these millennials and Gen Zs on their smartphones all fucking day. No, I'm in... I, I put my nose to the motherfucking grindstone. I put my head down. I put my toes forward and I go. And hopefully those of you out there put your efforts into that when you are far, whatever your hustle may be. This one, this turned out to be like a 20 minute episode. Anyway, long story short. <sighs> Track cucks, women. We're not being mean. We don't hate women. We're not misogynists. We're not incels. We're asking for a return on investment. And we have to take an immense risk while you take none, that's bullshit. I would never rent a house that I wasn't allowed to not live in. I would never go into business with somebody where I put 100% of the capital up and took 50% risk of losing it. No. The answer is no. That is bullshit. And women know it's bullshit because very wealthy women are very reluctant toward marriage. So that's all I got to say. Y'all know this is bullshit. Don't give women the fucking honor. Don't give women the chance. Don't give women the opportunity. You can fuck them, date them, cohabitate if you want. But marriage, I get it. My motherfuckers don't want to do that. Anyway, that's all I got. Y'all have a good one. I'm out.